music, entertainment, forces life. The forces station. This is Team Talk. Hello and welcome to Team Talk, the show that's all about forces families. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jill. And we're dedicating the next 30 minutes to forces life. Coming up, we're going to speak to real military families from around the world and learn about their incredible journeys. Today, we're catching up with Stacey and finding out all about military life with her son, Noah. We're also going to hear from experts about the latest advice and information on the issues that really do matter to you. Plus an interview with a celebrity guest with their own military experience and get ready to feel so proud as a Forces child shares their story about their own little victory. Basically, if you're part of a Forces family, Team Talk is all about you. Now, each week on Team Talk, we'll kick off with a chat with Louise Fettigan from the charity Little Troopers and a new Forces family sharing their military experience. We like to call it family time. And first up, we'll hear from Stacey, proud mum to Noah, who has special educational needs. Now, we know life has changed for everyone everywhere in so many ways recently, and it can make military life even more complicated than it already is. We recorded this week's family time in our Bullford studio before the lockdown started. You might hear the rumble of tanks just outside the window. Team Talk. The FBS. The Forces Station. Hello, and if you don't know me, my name is Louise and I'm the founder of the charity Little Troopers. We are a charity that supports all children with one or both parents serving in the British Armed Forces. And here I am today in Bulford with the lovely Stacey and my co-presenter Jill, and we are so excited to learn about your military journey. Hi Louise, hi Stacey. So can you start by telling us a bit about your military journey, where it all began? Well, it all began when I was about 13 years of age and um, my mum got married to my stepdad and we moved into Catrick and then moved over to Germany and then I ended up getting married at 19 and then we stayed out in Germany until last year and now we're in Amesbury. So we've been in the army life about 22 years now, maybe 23. So where in Germany did you first go out to? Where was like your first German experience? Um, we went place? into Senelaga, Paderborn. We was there um, for about 10 years and then we went to Guttersloe. And at 13, that's young, right? I was really bad. Um, we went there for a look around and the teacher says, oh, you can stay. And I started crying. I was, th- I was like, no, Aww. I don't want to stay because I'd never been in a camp. Um, our, our school was in a camp and like there was no canteen. It was like a an army. It was basically it was a canteen, but it was an army canteen, if you know what I mean. You didn't need money or anything like that. It was so different. And we used to have to catch a bus, which was like 40 minutes. So everything changed really. I was used to being in like a civvy school where it was just completely different. I hated being the new girl, but to be perfectly honest, we travelled a lot before my mum got married anyway, so I was used to being a new girl, but it was just being in a different country and going in. But it actually wasn't too bad after a few days. I was a bit dramatic, though, I've got to say. I was a bit dramatic. <laughs> so you did your secondary school in Germany. Yep. You did those years, and your mum and your stepdad were both there yeah. and then you met someone and you were quite young weren't you yeah I was I was 17 when I met Chris yeah. so you got married at 19 yeah, and did you get married in Germany yes I did get married in Germany in the church on camp in Dempsey yeah <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there <laughs> how did your mum feel Stacey about you marrying someone from the same regiment getting married quite young was she supportive she wanted to wait until the tour had finished um, 
but I wanted it, we we'd planned it to do it May and she wanted to wait till everything was okay and he came home and stuff but we still did it in May and it it went amazing yeah she was okay bit worried I think of being young but you know don't you when you know and then you lived in Germany as yeah. a married couple for years after that didn't you yeah yeah a long time a really how long, time. long were you in Germany um all together um about 23 years altogether. <laughs> so you didn't know any different. Germany is probably no. the place where you've spent the most time yeah. in your yeah. adult life. Yeah, I did. And yeah. that became home and you yeah. became very settled and... Oh, I loved it. I loved and it. you had your son over there? Yeah, I had there. my son over there, yeah. So he was three months premature, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, three months. So you've been in Germany for 22 years, yep. which is such a long time. <laughs> really but obviously as part of the rebasing, everything's changed in the military. And part of that was drawdown, wasn't it, from Germany? So I guess way before it actually happened, you knew that you were going to have to come back to the UK. How did you explain to Noah that he was leaving the only country he'd ever known and going back to the UK? That was quite shocking for me in the fact that I thought Noah was actually going to be okay that was probably quite blah in my head that I thought he was just going to transition and I said you know we're going to go to a new home and this new homes and we've got to go on a boat and like we did like um we we did a vision board and he's got like a boat thing that took him over but Noah did find it really difficult when we first got here which I didn't expect at all um he'd he, know no different no no he didn't and he cried he, like we had a pink house over there and he's like I just want to go back to my pink house oh. and I want to go back to um Germany he knows the name of it and every time he sees pictures and stuff he he gets emotional with it to yeah. be fair which I didn't expect and I know that sounds quite thingy I just thought we'd come he's still young he hadn't had any emotional but we'd never moved before so I suppose, yeah, like you said, it was all he'd ever known. People tell you that, though, don't they? They say, oh, yeah, Forces kids are resilient. They just bounce back. You know, they're too young. They, they won't notice any difference. And they do. Yeah, they do. We've yeah. talked about it a lot with, you know, with lots of families on family time. We've talked about resilience and um, it isn't something you're born with. I think it's yeah. sort of like, you know, as a charity, Little Troopers really kind of make sure that we are helping kids to um, better understand moving home, yeah. moving school, because it isn't... We can't just assume that they're all going to be just okay with every military challenge that comes their way. So let's talk about Noah. He's six now, isn't he? Obviously, he knew nothing else. He lived his whole life in Germany. Um, And he does have special education needs, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Um, So talk us through sort of that, how you were supported, how the move has affected that. I guess, did he just do one year at school in Germany? Um, Yes, he did do one year. And then how was that? Um, I had to take him out of the school because um, as the year was going on and stuff like that, um, the support that was needed for Noah wasn't given in the school, to be perfectly honest. You must have been apprehensive moving back to the UK and what support that was going to bring, what effects that was going to bring, and how has that been? You're right, I was petrified. I felt a bit lost because I'd chose this school because it had a Senko area, but the actual Senko area wasn't for Noah and stuff, so I was so confused. And you're dealing with your own stuff, with the fact that you've been in a foreign country for 22 years, the move's difficult, and then you've also got these additional things, these worries around Noah. To be fair, over in Germany, even though he only went once a week to that ergotherapy, that was like a comfort blanket for me because they got it and they helped me and they knew what he was going through, whereas I felt like on the English side they didn't understand and they didn't want to label Noah. And I get that, but it's also, it was confusing to me because I just wanted to know how I could help him. Of Uh, course, every single parent would feel like that, of course. All you want to do is make it better, isn't yeah. it? And make it okay. How's he doing now? 
amazing absolutely I couldn't ask for a better oh god I don't want to cry but I couldn't ask for a better school I couldn't ask for like the school have been outstanding with me like um oh I'm sorry oh no (laughs) sorry um they've been amazing like he's reading and um there was a point, wasn't there, that Noah was actually mute? Yeah, so they you told me he weren't going to talk. Um, they said he wouldn't speak and um, said that don't expect him to write his name or anything until he's about eight or nine. But, um, yeah, sorry. Don't but, say sorry. But he actually, I got told today, he did a reading test yesterday and he got a 13 out of 20. And um, they got him a one-to-one and um, they've helped me so much. Like, they've um, got me, like, there's so much help out there. And, like, I did hear dreadful stories when I came over about how you have to wait for years and stuff like that. And I was petrified. And now, a, a year on, a year on, honestly, if I, if I could give everything to that school I would and they play it down themselves like no we you know it's we work together and stuff but they don't know what they've done like when I've been upset when I've been scared so out of so much uncertainty for you and for Noah yeah. you know moving over, you know back to the UK a yeah. massive move all that kind of nervousness that you must have had yeah and wow like he's just come on leaps and bounds so happy yeah like honestly if my heart honestly totally what we like to do on our sessions on family time is ask three questions to all of our lovely guests. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to kick off so with the first one. Yeah, they're really easy. Okay. Um, so what, this is one for you, is going to be difficult actually. What is your favourite posting today of your military journey? <laughs> um, it would have to be... Um, Catrick, the first one because really? we yeah because we went as a family and my, it was our first family unit now our second question what's the one piece of advice that you would give to other forces families take it one day at a time take everything in your stride and no matter when you have hard times there will always be a rainbow at the end of it always oh. and finally what is your favorite memory of your military journey it has to be um when i went on a wife's exercise and um England won and the atmosphere and the energy and everything we was a unit we was all together so that was my favorite one Stacey thank you so much for being involved in family time it's been so lovely to chat to you it's good to see you smiling again (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much BF BS team talk this is my station this is the forces station What's a positive and uplifting journey Stacey's been through with her son Noah and a massive thank you to her for sharing the ups and the downs of her military life with us. Absolutely. And we've checked in with Stacey since we recorded to see how she's keeping in the lockdown. She's doing amazingly well. She even set up a fun fair in her own back garden last week. I saw photos on Instagram of Noah dressed as a clown having an amazing time. I'm age nine and I live in Portsmouth. My mum works in the choir, so I hear these songs I really like. I'm talking to you, come on! Shout by the Military Wise Choir. My mum takes me to this choir and when I'm there I sing with her but sometimes I'm in the back with my headphones but because the girls are really really loud I can hear them 
so I sometimes sing with them with my headphones in the back. My second reason is my mum and me sometimes sing the song when we're heading home and when we're back in the house, she sings the song, so I sing it with her. My last reason is, well, it makes me feel happy. I sing it with my mum because it makes me feel like I'm with my dad and my mum because my dad's right now away. Thank you. Bye-bye. BFBS. The Forces Station. This is Team Talk. That was Abigail with her song that serves me, Shout by the Military Wives Choir. Thanks, Abigail, for getting in touch and sharing your special song with us here at Team Talk. Now, don't forget, if you're a Forces young person in the UK and you would like to put forward your own song that serves me, give us a call on 0333 789 6000 for your chance to have your song played on the radio. Now, it could be a song that's helped you get through a difficult time or maybe it cheered you up if mum or dad were away. Whatever the reason, get in touch with us, let us know so we can play it for you. That number again is 0333 789 6000. Now it's time to talk to someone in the know. Each week we'll hear from an expert who can give us some more information about one of the topics that comes up in family time. Not every child is able to learn in the same way, so schools offer a range of extra support to those with SEND, that's special educational needs or disability. If you're a parent who's concerned, it can be hard to know who to turn to for advice. I practice my social distancing to catch up with Louise Briggs, the education specialist for the RAF Families Federation over Skype. This is one of those areas where there's an awful lot of help and advice and information out there and it it can be really rather bewildering. Within um, the sort of defence community, um, CIAS, the Children's Education Advisory Service, who many people associate primarily with CEA and boarding schools, they have a range of specialised SEND support and qualified people who, who can advise, so they may be a good place to start. On um, gov.uk, they publish a fact sheet there as well, which includes issues around um, moving overseas and back again with children with special educational needs. In addition, as I say, local authorities should publish information about it. Your school's SENCO would be a good place to start. Outside of defence, as well as the local authorities, there are independent organisations who can offer support to families who are either... um, well into the process of of gaining an assessment or just starting out. Um, They'll be different across Wales and Scotland, Northern Ireland and, and England. Frequent postings for military families can be hard on children who have to move schools, but even more so when there are additional needs to consider. The Armed Forces Covenant you know, is there to try and ensure that um, our families don't experience disadvantage due to their mobility. It is recognised that within the education system that's really, that can be really quite difficult. And you know, we're very aware that the codes of practice and the admissions code and the SEND code of practice are not necessarily designed for mobile families. But that awareness is, it, it exists within government and there is work ongoing to try and make them more suitable and try and enable local authorities to be more flexible. DCYP, of the Directorate Children and Young People, are working with um, the Department for Education to, to review that. Um, and there is also a group that exists 
called MODLAP, the MOD Local Authority Partnership Group. And that's the biggest um, local authorities in the country in England in terms of their service children population, getting together with MOD and talking through some of the issues that they face supporting our mobile families. And one of the first things they've done is try to put together some guiding principles about helping children um, with SEND and their admissions when they when they move around the country. If families find that they are ending up at the back of the process each time they move, they should get in touch with us at the Families Federations because we would really want to hear about that so that we can we can investigate what's happening there. Um, the Armed Forces Covenant gives us room to, to, to go and talk to those local authorities and, and suggest ways that that really ought not to be happening. BFBS. Team talk. Louise Briggs from the RAF Families Federation with some great advice and information. Speak up, make sure you get your voice heard and find the support that you're entitled to. On Team Talk, we hope that In The Know helps you with some of the issues you might be facing as a military family. And every week we'll talk about a new topic and speak to another expert. Now, this next part of the show gives us the opportunity to celebrate the little victories of Forces children and young people from all over the world. Despite all that's going on right now, military children everywhere, they're still doing amazing things and we want to shout about it here on Team Talk. Just before the lockdown, I was lucky enough to meet Joshua. I'm here down in Bognor Regis to see a little boy called Joshua who has sensory processing disorder. I'm also going to speak to mum Naomi and I can see Joshua and his little brother Ruben in the window. Let's go and see if they'll open the door for me. Hi, Hi mum, I'm Charlie. Hi. It's Joshua and Ruben. Hello Joshua and Ruben, how are you? Good, good. Can I come in and talk to you? Yes. Fabulous. Now, Joshua, you're five and you go to a centre called Jigsaw. What is Jigsaw? It's a sensory process thing where you can take children that have sensory things that are not usual. You go there? With Mummy. And what's it like there? The man's name's called Rob. He's my teacher on any day. And is it good? Very good. I love it. So you go for sensory occupational therapy at Jigsaw? Yes. Now, as a grown-up, I'm not quite sure what that is. So for me, what do you do when you go through that door? I am very excited and I explode. And what do you and Rob do together? We play loads of fun games. I've done part one and part two two of London Dungeon and the ninja training. What do you do in ninja training? Ninja training includes swinging on the trapeze, climbing the climbing wall, avoiding the lasers, sliding down the ramp on my tummy, find the lasers in the ball pit. After I've finished all that, feel so much energy i want to do more rob works with joshua to go through the zones of regulation which is a skill that they're trying to use so joshua is often yellow and fizzy as you can see all the time crazy hyperactive every time time. and the idea is that rob is teaching his body to allow himself to be in the green zone which is more of a calm place because Joshua's body doesn't like being calm and so Rob is trying to teach him to come down to the green zone to be able to access going back up to the yellow zone and then coming back to the green zone that's what 
they're trying to teach him to experience at Jigsaw. How is he getting on with that? Joshua picked up the signs of regulation really quickly and is now able to identify, I'm feeling red or I'm feeling yellow, I'm feeling fizzy, I feel green, which is unusual for him. So he's able to identify those, but he's at the moment not able to do anything about them. So it's about teaching him, great, you feel like this, let's give you some kind of regulating activity so that you can feel calmer if you're in yellow or red. But about knowing that I am starting to feel like this, what could I do to help my body understand how I'm feeling? To be able to recognise that at, at the age of five, that's a massive step. As a teacher myself, I know that lots of five-year-olds struggle with that sort of thing, but I am really proud of how Joshua's doing and how he's coping and that he's taking that into different settings and is trying really hard to work out who he is in this big world. I can be calm because Rob's taught me some skills there, but sometimes I still feel fuzzy. Team Talk. BFBS. The Forces Station. I had a brilliant day with Joshua and mum Naomi, learning all about the sensory occupational therapy he receives at Jigsaw. Now, with the lockdown, Joshua's not been able to go to Jigsaw for the last few weeks. However, I know he's keeping himself busy. He's been doing his exercise by doing long walks on the beach with mum and finding some sandworms. Now, over this 13-week series, Team Talk will be bringing a full lineup of celebrities who've come from military backgrounds with their own forces stories to tell. Last month, before all the theatres closed, I was lucky enough to catch a show and catch up with Lance Corporal Richard Jones. I'm now backstage at the Neild Hall in Chippenham with Lance Corporal Richard Jones. When you see a show like yours, you just think, he's a born entertainer. So what makes you actually want to join the army instead of immediately following the path of entertainment? No, I always wanted to be a soldier. Ever since I was a, a kid, the army was always going to be the first number one option for myself. My brother's in the army, my mum and my dad were in the army. Uh, my sister's never been in the army, but she's in the police, so we kind of forgive her for that. And when I first joined, I was with the Corps of Army Music, so I was kind of entertaining at the same time. So I was originally stationed with the uh, Parachute Regiment Band in Colchester. We travelled the world performing uh, music. And that's when I kind of started getting into magic. So every time we'd have a break, I would uh, pull out a pack of cards and try out some new effects on the guys. And and, uh, they were very supportive, luckily. So if a young person was to come to you and say, should I do it? Should I sign up? I'm thinking about the army. Is it for me? What would you tell them? What's your advice? I always say, go for it. Anyone who's interested in an exciting career... Lots of emails I get are from people asking if they can join the Magic Regiment, <laughs> uh, which I'm totally to blame for. That uh, Lots of people who think that's a real thing. And you've now got this amazing opportunity as well to take your show out to the troops in Afghanistan, for example. And I mean, that is morale at its finest, isn't it? Absolutely. Like last year, it was when I went to Afghanistan. This year, I just came back from the Falkland Islands. And I don't think there's anywhere in the world where I've performed where I felt as much appreciation as I did in those places. We spent a lot of time flying around to the bases that are kind of in the middle of nowhere, where where the troops there aren't really, they're certainly not getting any entertainment, but they don't really have Wi-Fi, uh, they don't have fizzy drinks, they're missing a lot of things that we take for granted. And uh, every time we took took a chopper over to these places, more remote places, we'd take a crate of uh, like Coca-Cola and and then we'd, we'd gather everyone together and say, tonight we're putting on a show for you. And it, 
I was expecting a bit of banter because there's always a lot of banter when I perform for troops. Uh, but actually, they they were the most supportive and most welcoming people uh, that we'd ever encounter. It was like Christmas for them, turning up with all this chocolate and, and Coke and, and a magic show. I, I imagine you get this kind of, go on then, surprise me. You know, I, I, bet, I bet you can't shock me. I bet I'll guess it. And actually, <laughs> when you have the face of a grown man staring at you in wonder... You know, you can prove them wrong, can't you? Yeah, I, you know what? My favourite kind of shows are shows for the troops. Um, like, like for example, I do a lot of uh, mess nights, and I always make a point to get the most senior and scary person in the room up and and make him look a little bit silly in a, in a light-hearted way. And I think that's a really good thing for the troops to see. It's it's nice for especially the younger people in the ranks who see someone like an RSM or something get up and allow and allow a magician to mess around with them a little bit and for them to show their light-hearted side as well. I think it's a really good thing for the troops. It, it really humanises them to a certain extent. In your roles with the Band of the Parachute Regiment and Hassel Cavalry, you were on show, weren't you? You were doing roles that were about public display. Did that level of pressure then prepare you for what was in store with Britain's Got Talent? No doubt in my mind at all. It absolutely has. So anyone who doesn't know much about the household cavalry and the training that they have to do uh, it's pretty grueling so the uh, riding school i believe it was six months long where you, you're getting up at probably five in the morning uh, and you're looking after horses and polishing kit all day every day no days off for six months uh, and you're doing that till very late in the evening every night and the whole course is not only about teaching you how to ride horses and how to ride them under pressure uh, but also about how to keep your uniform looking immaculate and my god it's it's probably the toughest uniform in the british army to clean the boots that you see on the queen's birthday parade each one of those probably takes at least six hours to do each wow. yeah it got me my discipline going a lot to to uh make sure i was always looking sharp when i was on show and also the pressure as well of obviously i was performing in the band on top of the horses on these big parades like troop in the color um so obviously performing music while you've got thousands of people cheering and waving flags which is fantastic but at the same time it's quite nerve-wracking because you've got a horse that you're sat on top of that's a little bit wary like if all it takes is a crisp packet to fly past and it's quite exciting as all the horses get a little bit spooked but so trying to keep them under control and play music and make sure you're not playing the wrong notes at the wrong time in front of all those people on live tv i think that's uh, pretty much as the, the most extreme pressure you could probably ever be under. Music, entertainment, forces life, BFBS, the forces station. This is Team Talk, speaking from experience. Lance Corporal Richard Jones, the military illusionist, proving that a career in the army can prepare you rather well for life on Britain's Got Talent and a showbiz career. Who would have thought it? Now it's time to return to the song that serves me, where we hear from a forces child or young person with a special song that relates to their military life. Now, if you're in the UK and you'd like to tell us your song that serves you, give us a call 0333 789 6000 for your chance to have it played on the radio. Hi, my name's Madison, I'm 15, and the song that serves me is Home by Michael Bublé. Paris and Rome. There's so many reasons that I love this song, but one reason is connected to our dad whilst he was away and we used to play it all the time. 
miss you, you know And I've been keeping all the letters that I wrote to you Each one in line or two I'm fine, baby, how are you? Well, I would send them, but I know that it's just not enough My words were cold and flat And you deserve more than that It makes me very emotional because it brings back so many different memories. I'm lucky, I know, but I want to go home. I got to go home. Let me go home. It'll all be alright. I'll be home tonight. I'm coming back home. BFBS. The Forces Station. This is Team Talk. So that's it from us here at Team Talk for this week. We've loved meeting and talking to all of our amazing guests. Absolutely. So a huge thank you to them for sharing their military journeys with us. Stacey told us all about her wonderful son, Noah, and we got some advice on In The Know if your child has special educational needs. We also celebrated the amazing progress of Joshua who was this week's little victory. And we heard from Lance Corporal Richard Jones, our magical celebrity guest for speaking from experience. Next week, we'll be joined by England rugby player Joe the Connorsinger and hear more from our Forces families. So wherever you are in the Forces world, please do stay safe and stay at home if you can. Team Talk is produced by TBI Media and supported by the Audio Content Fund. You can listen to all episodes at bfbs.com forward slash podcasts. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.